It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. Uh, I wonder. Uh, if everybody has recovered from that Christmas weekend, I know it's you know tough for me. It's like I'm in food coma because, as Anthony would know, Italians love to cook and love to cook too much food. And usually, I'm the guy who, when the food is there, I'm the one responsible for disposing of it. Um, this is my this is my gift for my for my niece just to show it off. The Mike and Buffalo Leafs jersey. Um, I won't be wearing this on any other podcasts or webcasts because I have to re- maintain my objectivity, but I had to show it up. Okay, Ross, uh, start us off the pre-show. Well, 2021 sucks for uh, if you're if you love baseball players from like the 60s and 70s. Like we can go through the list. There's so many, but like recently, you know, Whitey Ford, Lou Brock, Tom Seaver, Joe Morgan. Um, there's somebody else I knew I would leave out, but Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson, thank you. Phil Negro is the latest. And I can tell you a quick story about this guy because not only was he a 300 game winner, but he was just such a down to earth guy. I met him in like one of these MLB events. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where you hand a blank baseball to a guy and it's interesting to see who signs the sweet spot and who doesn't and where they sign on a ball. And so I gave it to Negro. He was the first guy, and he didn't sign it on the sweet spot. He signed it there. And <laughs> then the next guy handed it to Brooks Robinson. He goes right on the sweet spot. They're both Hall of Famers, but it just it, it does show you a little bit of humility in that. Because I know everybody's got a story. Like if you've handed it to somebody and you didn't want them to sign the sweet spot, and they have. That's happened to people too, and I've watched it happen. So is that indicative, Russ, of uh, uh, of one's ego if they're signing it, it on the be, sweet yeah, spot? I wonder, like psychologically. I want to be in the center. Yes, this is my baseball. Yes. I want to be clear as day because if this thing gets resold, then yes, I want to make sure. Many I... times, <laughs> many times it is, and I've seen people at live events cringe. And you know, just to use like a name, like you know, like let's say you gave it to John Cruck and you want Mike Schmidt to sign it too, and Cruck is the guy that signs it on the sweet spot. You know, that wouldn't make you happy as a collector. You know, good player. But you didn't want Cruck to sign it there. But you can't say to Cruck, don't sign it there because he's already doing it. And yeah. this is why hockey, players, hockey, hockey players are so humble because, you know, they can't sign pucks. Right. In my theory. Yeah, you know, like they're just, they're black. Unless they're coming with, unless they got their, unless they broke the silver sharpie with them. Unless they got the silver sharpie, which, you know, they won't, they're not going to have with them necessarily. Yeah. I think Al Kaline may be the other one I left out. Let, let me let me just answer a question in the chat because I'm writing about uh, this uh, trade, the Blake Snell trade for full price. I need more information. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's it's this is and you see these deals in, in hockey and you see it in baseball. Yeah. You you've got a team that's a budget conscious team like Tampa Bay, and whenever they have a player who is maybe a year or two away from free agency that they know that they're not going to be able to resign. Or in this case, it's sort of like the uh, Derek Broussard deal with uh, with, the, the, with the Ottawa Senators, Ross. Remember where Broussard's contract was was backloaded mm-hmm. and the last couple years of that, um, they, uh, you know, uh, Ottawa wanted to get rid of 
or I mean, vice versa. And then they got, I think it was Zabinajad. Zabinajad was the front loaded one, and Broussard was the one that was back loaded. So it, you know, it was clearly a money move by Eugene Melnick, shock of all shocks. And in this deal, Snell, the last three years of his contract is $39 million over three years. And it's typical Tampa. They're going to go and get like a great young baseball pitching prospect and a guy like Mejia, who's a, a sort of failed catching prospect. You watch this guy will hit 300 with about 25 home runs next year with Tampa Bay. They seem to reclimate these players by and as a DH because they usually have Zanino play or they swip or they swap. Right, Zanino. I don't know if he's coming back now. I think they. No, he's on a one. You know, he signed a one-year one deal. deal. Okay. I saw one-year deal. Yeah, they got Darno too, but they might want to move these guys around, move them positionally. Who knows? I mean, so. Yeah, but yeah, that, the, the interesting thing about Tampa and this trade is, uh, I mean, again, if you're a Tampa fan, you have never won at all. I get you want to be in the action all the time, but after a while, like an Oakland A's fan, you sort of get tired of being in the action and you want to win. Now, again, against Philly, uh, that was as close as they've gotten. And, and so I don't know if they're ever going to win – and you're never going to win if you trade a Cy Young pitcher with three years of great term on it, because that's the thing. I mean, I to me, it's like Tampa, just go to Montreal and stay there because teams like this that bail out of their best players don't deserve to have great players. And you're telling them to go to Montreal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, because there was talk that we're going to go to Montreal for like half the season before the pandemic hit. Because no, they I get that, but I mean, you just said teams that bail on their players. Yeah. I mean, come on. No, but they have horrible <laughs> attendance. It's not. No, I mean, no. Montreal didn't they invent that? <laughs> no, it was the league's fault. No, no. Oh no. yes, it was the league's fault. It's always the league's fault. No, hold on. It was the league's fault. Mm -hmm. They were running the team, and when the team was doing too well, the team was going to win that year. They made sure they traded off every asset they had after they had a they were having a good season. So yes, it is the league. Okay. All right. Let's get going here. Yeah. We don't have enough to talk about. Yeah, I know. And we got Peter. Great to see you, Peter. We do yeah. have Peter. Hey, you too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, man. All right. Here we go. Um, hello, Hockey World. It is Monday, December 28th, 2020. I'm Mike Agello. <laughs> I'm Anthony Mangione. <laughs> I'm Peter Tessier. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday and is so damn proud to have such like such impressive, such an impressive cast that a panel that you can just do that like without any any, any hesitation. Like we just introduced ourselves, no questions asked. Um, we come to you every uh, Monday through Friday to play in the hockey comings and goings in the hockey world and um, happy. hope everybody had a good holiday and we're back. Mike's selling his new brand of gray branded shirts. Oh, no, 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 no. I have to explain. Um, I'll, I'll explain in the pre-show. This was a gift from my, my niece. Okay. It's the, the Leaf shirt, but she put Mike and Buffalo on it. So. Oh, sweet. There you go. Yeah, you should put them up on eBay. There you go. Yeah, uh, no, no. Mike's branded shirts. Um, love it. Excellent. And yeah, Bombay, Bombay, Winnipeg, Peter. What's, what's it like up there, bud? It's colder than colder than us. <laughs> no one did. The family rated show. Yes. It goes off on something. Yeah, I mean, you know what? We've had an amazing um, winter so far, and it's just started to get cold and cocked. Normally, most um, community rinks, if you're allowed to be open, are open by the beginning of December. Yeah. Uh, most weren't even able to flood and maintain ice until the week before Christmas. So that's how nice it's been here. And uh, it's, it's great. Call me Winnipeg. Wow. 
that's something. Yeah, well, I, my rink is not yet open. I'll tell you that my rink is definitely not open yet. Um, my backyard rink is. Uh, it was sitting getting so close, and and I was I was like, we're gonna be able to we're gonna be able to skate on Christmas Day for the first time in a long time. It was getting so freaking close, and and on Christmas Eve, it rained and it was sixty two degrees. <laughs> it's like, like, what can you do about that? Like, it just the rink was just destroyed, like completely destroyed. So now it's back to maybe it'll be okay by New Year's, but guess what? New Year's Eve is supposed to be raining and sixty degrees. It's bizarre. Where our weather is just stupid. Um, well, okay, let, let, let's let's start with the big the big yeah. breaking news health wise. Um, we obviously knew about what was going on with Henrik Henrik Lundqvist in terms of him not being able to play. Now it comes out based on a statement that Lundqvist sent via Twitter that he's having open heart surgery, that he's having an aortic valve replacement. I mean, wow. Russ, this is not, this is not like a, you know, an ablation procedure. This is major heart surgery. And Jan in the chat said something I, that I thought of right away. How in the hell did he pass a physical all these years? Uh, Russ, you're, oh, you're, you're muted. Right? You're muted. I, I don't think it's hard to, to pass a physical because it's know. a managed condition. There are people who have managed heart conditions, managed conditions yeah. all the time. And you work with your specialist. Let's remember, he's playing in New York. He's probably he's probably seen Jacob Truber's life because that's the only place you want to be a doctor. And um, sorry, nice. I just let that slip out. Uh, and, you know, you're working with teams of specialists on managed order. I, what I think is yeah. remarkable about it is that there wasn't a um, – an issue with uh, workload management. And yes, there is that naturally with goalies. Yeah. I'm very curious, I haven't done it, is if you go back and look at Lundquist starts year over year and see if there's a trend in terms of how he started and when and game gaps in between the number of starts per year, because that would say yeah. they probably were very aware of it and were managing it in a certain way. I don't think they knew about it, um, Pete, based on what McClellan said the other day. I think he was gingerly trying to say this wasn't diagnosed and we urged him to get further tests and this is yeah. what came out and i and i think that's really what's happening here and i agree because also lundquist when he first came on and went on twitter he acted like yeah you know i'm going to um you know get this taken care of and i'll be back and i think it even was worse than what he was thinking at that time and it I think been, that he's we are an incredibly now. private guy too. I mean, like he is yeah. a private guy. Like, like yeah. let's not let's not kid ourselves. Like he's, you know, he's as his, for all of his like, you know, glitzy appearances after after press conferences like that. We don't know we don't know that much about his private life, honestly. No. Um, he and so I think that a lot of these guys definitely, you know, are very good at keeping things from everybody. For and you know, rightfully so. I mean, it's but I, like, I would say in this regard. It did seem like even he was surprised at the result because yeah. he was looking forward to playing Washington. He had taken some videos, yeah. he visited there. He saw his locker. We saw his pads. Like he was ready for the season. Yeah. So, so we can't say that he knew that this was going to be a possibility, or he never would have gone through all those steps. But there also is like you know, I mean, not to be psychologically and analyzing it, but there also is like a certain level of denial. Like he could know, he could know that something is wrong, but not want to check it out, not be afraid. It's like we talked about before: be afraid to check it out, be afraid to check mm -hmm. it out, feel like something's wrong. His wife's like, "You got to get that checked. I'm not going to go to Washington until you get that checked." Type yeah. thing, you know what I mean? It feels like I, that. I don't think that, I don't think that's the case here. I really don't. All right. Yeah. I mean, you, we don't know. You might be you might be right for sure. And that's why um, I think the Capitals came out with the statement that they did because yeah. I think the Capitals. I think the Capitals came out with the statement that they did because I think if they knew, they wouldn't have signed Lundqvist. 
And right. I think if Lundqvist knew, he wouldn't yeah. have signed there. Like, yeah. I just, you know, I think there's a there's a chance of all that. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with with Henry. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, um, but interesting that uh, on the weekend, the move that I thought was the least likely of the moves that Washington would make was Craig Anderson because of, like I said, you know, because of the health of the COVID situation and and his wife being a recovering uh, cancer patient. But he signed the PTO with the Capitals. He's 39. Um, right. I think I don't think anybody thinks that you know there isn't something left there because he did have a pretty, still had a pretty decent year for a bad yeah. Ottawa club last year. I think this is a good move. And now I don't know whether you know Washington's going to be on the lookout on the waiver wire if uh, Anderson plays well. He I think he's the the backup to uh, Samsonov. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think. I, I think I think this will work. I think this will work out, you know, well for them. I mean, this he, he, and you know he's a, he's a competitor, and and you know DC, great hospitals, you know, like it, or 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 his wife staying there with family, which is probably that's more true. likely. I mean, that's, that's probably more likely. Point. I mean, we got to remember also that this is a shortened season, right? Yeah. And so for players, they're looking at January to okay. So say you know say you're thinking best case scenario here, the Caps go late in the playoffs, January to July. So you're looking at a seven month season, right? Which is which is not short really, but it's short for hockey. In hockey terms, right? So, I mean, I think, don't you think? I mean, that's like, that's like, his his wife says to him, "Listen, you got a chance to go play for the Capitals and win a Stanley Cup. You got to do it." Yeah, I, I would think. Yeah, that, I yeah. think so. I think yeah. that's probably the case. And we we thought that this would he doesn't be a do it unless that unless she says that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we thought this would be a good fit. We talked about yeah. it before, and 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 it is now. Um, they have four goalies, and what we're really waiting to hear is if the AHL is going to have a season. They met the other day and yeah. they have been strangely silent. So that doesn't yeah. seem that doesn't seem like a positive there. So it's all there. Yeah, I've heard that we'll talk about the AHL as the season goes on. Go ahead, Pete. No, well, no, no. I, I wanted to okay. ask you a question because the Leafs and the Jets are in the similar scenarios where they have their <laughs> AHL teams in the same city. Um those are probably two of the teams that would like to have the AHL play. Um, but the fact that there is a four to six player taxi squad, I don't think is is the worst scenario. This what this sucks with is is player development. And really, I think it's going to be you know I, I, with the Leafs, I think that guys like Sandine and Lilia Grin and Nick Robertson are going to be on that taxi squad with the Jets. It's mm -hmm. probably probably going to be Samberg. If they're not if they're not playing, it's going to be Samberg and Logan Stanley and I don't know Vessel if Vesselinen is not uh, in the SM Liga, then he might be over there. It's going to be the young guys. The guys who are going to lose out are the guys who are the sort of career AHLers who might have a chance to make it or jump up to the league. They're not going to be playing at all. Right. right. Yeah, you know it, it, I think the the AHL has to take a page out of the NHL and find these niche divisions where they can play some sort of model and do it for the sake of development. Mm -hmm. And if they can find any revenue in that model, in, in those models, and I don't know if they can, like, I don't know what the finances of, of that look like for them. But the one thing I think should happen is that there should be some sort of exemption allowing um, players drafted who can't go back to their uh, junior teams to come and play in the AHL this year. I think the switch has to be looking at what's best for development of hockey players in this situation right now yeah. to make sure that we don't have weird gaps 
allow people to skate. And even if that means there's a weird Canadian division that's playing itself five times every month, you know, the same teams in, in the HL, something's got to give if they're going to, if they're going to do it, they've got to be creative about this and say, we can't address the old problems. We have to find new problems that we can solve and, and make a positive impact on at least short term. I, I just think that's a pivot as a business model they should consider. Well, like well, I said I mean, before, and I said a couple of times and, um, and the flyers, I know there's people at the flyers that are interested in this too, um, is the con the concept of having, you know, a B team for your NHL squad. And that can essentially be your AHL team. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and the idea of having that team, see, cause the, where, where you're spending all your money, where you're, where the AHL loses money, right. Is they, is the buildings opening up the buildings, all that stuff is like, they've got to do with that stuff. That's very expensive. Like they, to keep the ice going there all the time, to keep that stuff going. If they don't have fans, you know, that's just money out the door and they can't afford to do it. The NHL already has the buildings open, right? The buildings are open. So putting that, putting like the Islanders come to town, putting the Island, putting an Islanders um, Flyers B team on the ice before the Flyers Islanders regular game happens. It doesn't, it, it really, it really could benefit everybody. Um, and, you know, that could be, you could call that, you know, that could be, that could be the Phantoms versus Bridgeport or whatever you want it to be. Yeah, but, but the, NHL, the NHL is looking at that as a, an opportunity, an additional opportunity for these players to get exposed to COVID. That's why they're not going to do it. They'll practice with the team. They'll be a part of no, the team structure. That. But them playing against other teams, it's just not, no. that, that doesn't sound like, unless there's a structured AHL situation where these teams are going to play against each other in a league setting, they're not going to play these players. And I, I you know, I, I understand why. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't agree that, that, that they're worried about the COVID in that situation. I think, I, I, well, well, I think it's more, there's more, there's insurance issues and stuff like that. Well, that that's what I mean. With. I mean, but no, but not, not, not about COVID, just in general. Like, in, you know, in general, I mean, okay, for example, Using Peter's uh, situation with with the Sabers, they have two 19-year-old former first-round picks and Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn. Both of them, Quinn for Ottawa, uh, uh, Cousins for Lethbridge. The W might not play. The OHL might not play. The only place you can put them is on the taxi squad. Otherwise, they're yeah. not going to practice. They're not going. To, it's a wasted year for them. So they have to put them on there because they're assets that have to be. Of course managed i do agree with that i do agree with that um very much so you know i wanted to um move on to something mike maybe you could try um something like uh restarting again or something sorry i, I don't know what's going on it's just, it is what it is like it's i restarted yeah maybe maybe can you go through your computer phone or something something um maybe like why I is know, the volume kicking out no it's just it's just freezing up and you're and you're very your, your voice well, then I'll, I'll just take it i'll just do audio audio because it's just it's both well the boy audio is not good either it, we'll see what happens all right Maybe audio will be better now, probably, because you're not using the bandwidth. Anyway, we'll we'll keep it there for now. Um, but here's the thing. So I wanted to get into this because this really – and I wrote about it yesterday, and it really bothered me. This concept of running up scores at the World Junior Championships, right? Um, it's And, Peter, I know, <laughs> I know you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking here. And, um, you know, I mean, this is just – this is pathetic. It's a pathetic thing. Let's – anytime – Hockey Canada gets involved in something, <laughs> assume it's going to be a hot mess of stupidity and old boys. And I'm a person who has lived the trickle-down experience of Hockey Canada's policies and stuff. The yeah. whole organization should be blown up and completely blown away in all capacities. It's rotten to the core. 
And there was a reason Bob Nicholson jumped when he did. I know one of his best friends who he grew up with, who he's very close with. And he basically told me that Bob saw what the writing on the wall and he needed to get out. It's, it's a yeah. terrible thing. And this is, and, and so hockey Canada has got a lot of play on this. The I, the IIHF has a huge role in this because yeah. they cater to TSN and right. TSN needs games. Yeah. TSN ruined the world juniors. If someone fired James Duthie and Bob McKenzie out into the Arctic tundra and got rid of them so we never had to see their talking heads of nonsense again, this tournament gets a thousand times better. <laughs> Peter. You know Peter, what? Like, I'm not going to German team be playing because of TV and TSN. Yeah, they, no, you're right. A new model involved in that. Well, no way should they have been playing? I'm, no I'm, way should they have been playing back to backs? Right. I, I'm not going to comment on the on the announcing, but I'll comment on the <laughs> the way that they're doing it. There's no question they could have juggled the schedule or even pushed it back a day yeah. and let Germany try to get players back. Yeah. There was no reason to play this team and pretty much decimate them in the tournament yeah. back to back. But again, you, this you went to all this effort and you didn't have a COVID backup plan to anticipate right. for this. That's right. a hot mess. Well, it's not that. that. You know what it is? And again, it's very unclear why they had to have the amount of players they did. They certainly could have carried more and nobody would have said anything, but they never talked about it. So I don't know why they didn't. And we'll right. never probably know why, but they're just treating us like every other world juniors, which Again, score-wise, I'm not going to get crazy because this happens every World Juniors and everybody gets crazy. But as far as what they've not, done not in this Germany, way. not this way. No, yeah, go back and look. There, I know, but let's take you got to take it in the whole context of everything. These kids coming over and during COVID, quarantining themselves there. No, no, and that part. I mean, of this, this is absolutely. I mean, Canadians are never rude, people. <laughs> this is an absolutely. This is this is absolutely. I don't know about that, but okay. no, I mean they they they, they, model, yeah. they model themselves. You, on this. you know, this is what you always you always you know. They, you you haven't fine. you haven't you haven't met some of the Canadians I've met. I, I'm I'm and well, believe me, I have some I have some I have some fun fans on the website too. But I'm just saying <laughs> that um that you know they model themselves on this concept, you know, of like never you would you would you invite? I mean, these kids for Christmas are over here in in quarantine, you know, and you're and you're. You're do, you're allowing you're allowing a team to beat them sixteen to two. Like, well, I mean, this this is the problem. This is the problem that I had. I, I I and I mentioned this on our on our off the post show on the weekend. There should be a cap in terms of yeah. goal differential per game. It's For like sure. okay, score sixteen goals, pad your stats. You know, who, I think it was Shane Shane Malloy who said you know was, uh, 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 Forsberg had twelve points against Japan one year. Go, 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 you know, go to town. That's fine. But the max, the, the max, the, the max that you can have in terms of goal differential per game is plus eight or something like that. And then, then after, after that, it's basically gilding the lily. It's, 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 it's pointless. It's ridiculous. If you're going to do, if you're going to do that, then I think that's inherently fair. I mean, there was no calling off of the dogs by team Canada yeah, or team USA fair, because, Right, because goal differential would mean something, and they're not going to do it. And you At know what? Point does it mean something? I mean, like really, like seriously, well, it's, 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 it's a tiebreaker. Remember, this is for the Olympics too. It's the same rules. Right. It's it's a I, this is as we said. This is IAHF rules, which right. goes right. 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 at the junior but, level. But you have to be careful. So they're, they're sitting there, and they got you know, team, like you're saying, Peter, Hockey Canada coming zone. You got to run the score up before we get the right Olympic seedings or whatever. I don't know what's happening in the back back rooms, but the fact that you would do this with kids. Like these are kids still, 
you know, but in my the mind. same rules. You yeah. can't. Yeah, but you're, you're asking kids who are like, who are like, who are who are been yeah. taught. I mean, these are twenty first round draft picks on this team. I know who have been taught to be like, you know, be be like, you know, honorable professional hockey players who have been involved in this situation many times in their careers where they've been on teams that have killed other teams and they know how to pull it back and they know how to, they know, they know how you can do There's simple ways to do this. I've coached um, Anthony, you've coached, I think, right. In different situations like this. I have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, just, I mean, there's, a, you know, what do you think? What are your thoughts, Anthony? I mean, in this circumstance, I would look at it from the point of view of, again, it, it's tough sometimes, but I would say that, you know, you, you can tell the team to kind of pull back, adjust, yeah. you know, not, you know, do, you know, get the puck, you know, in this circumstance, I was just, um, just get the puck in there and let them chase it. And then kind of, you know, if an opportunity presents itself, then you got to take advantage of it. But, yeah, you know, you may not get another shot at it. And you try to also probably maybe lighten the light, the ice time for some of the better players on the team and say, yeah. hey, listen, we're going to pull it back a little bit. You could do that. Um, but then yeah, again, you might, but then you may hear it from the family members as well that, yeah, mm -hmm. hey, you know, I mean, you're family members, you're What's doing that? it wrong. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're I agree with you. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying yeah. in these circumstances, you may hear, but it's like that. But that's something you can't. And you tell them to your, shut up, and so you're, you can't concern you yourself with it. No, in that yeah, circumstance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been in situations like where I, I coached a really good, like one of the like the rank, ranked fourth fourth ranked girls soccer team last year, like you know the 16 and under league or whatever they were, and um, so we played some teams that we were just outmatched. Them. You know, we just outmatched them big time. And you know, there's ways. You know, you have situations where you know everybody's got to touch the ball. Before you can shoot, everybody, you know, you got, you got things you can do. There's stuff, there's stuff that's done, um, and he's done it, done it in, in at hockey, in hockey too. I talked to a hockey coach, you know, from I talked to a guy who coaches up in um, juniors about this, this, this thing, and he said, yeah, we've actually done that exact thing. You know, everybody's got to touch the puck, or you know, you can only score once. Some you got to make sure some everybody scores one goal or whatever makes you do things like that where you can't, and it's simple stuff like that, and it's not, it doesn't embarrass the other team. It just makes it harder for you. Harder, I think. Someone needs to have their JJ Watt moment and come out mm. and be really honest about some things here and yeah. say and challenge back to the IIHF and say, What are you going to do to make sure this doesn't happen anymore? Yeah, you have a role in this, you have a responsibility to take the gazillions of dollars you're making off of these tournaments and start reinvesting it in some capacity to make sure that there are not so many outliers that look like Timbits teams out there. And that's yeah, not, yeah. I'm not saying that in disrespect to those players, but to ensure that they are getting the right develop. The, the yes. Country. I mean, I'll tell you the tricky, here's the tricky part about this though. So as an example, even though Germany had, had been getting killed, they have a player, Florian Elias, who basically has four points in two games. Had they not played at all or had they canceled their games, mm -hmm. that's a kid who may not have gotten drafted because nobody would have really had a good look at him this year. Right. Now he's amongst the scoring leaders in the tournament on what's a bad team because COVID made it bad, not because they would yeah. have been a bad team. Yeah. And, and he's excelling. Like, he wouldn't have had that chance. So, right. again, there are some of those things too. It's hard to balance it. But I get what you're saying about the kids. But if you change it for the kids, they're going to be changing it for the Olympics. And again, when a team first qualifies for the Olympics, let's say it's Team Israel, and they come in their first year and they lose fifteen nothing, then they lose fifteen nothing. Like I know, how does this World Junior Tournament have any bearing on the Olympics? Like that's that because it's organization. organization. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should. I mean, well, it not. does. But it should. Because it's the, I mean, because the simple it's, thing it's, is that this tournament has nothing to do with the Olympics. 
because it's the international operating body that controls the Olympics, that controls the world championships, that controls the world junior, the under 18, every aspect of international hockey is controlled by the IIHF. This would be like a pop winner game in in Ohio, determining whether or not Ohio state outranks Penn state in the, uh, if it was independent, this is not independent. This is, this is under the guise of this organization and that's how they run it. Even under the guise of the same organization, you don't have to like have one relate to the other. I mean, yeah, and if, if if Roger Goodell could screw up a pop, he could screw up the NFL. He could sure as hell screw up the Pop Warner League too. Well, I mean, uh, here's an example though. X. So when when Canada got caught doping, they got sanctions against them again in every level except right, junior level. Then they said, okay, you know what? We're keeping them out of it, but that's as separate as it ever gets. Right. You know, the Russians, right? Yeah, the Russians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and listen, I mean that you know, and there is something to that, like get caught doping. Okay, that's it's interesting because hockey, it's Hockey Canada, right? And I get that Hockey Canada is is responsible for those kids playing, but then again, you know, the Canadian Olympic team is really has 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 a very little to do with Hockey no, no, Canada it anymore. It was the Russians. It was the right. Russians. No, but I'm saying let's just let's just play it out, whatever it oh, is. Oh, I see. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because because the Canadian the Canadian Olympic team is an NHL team. Really does so much so little to do with Hockey Canada at this point. But you know, but st- still, they would be suspect to the country's punishments or whatever. I get that. That's fine. Whatever that I get. It shouldn't have but, played. But, shouldn't have played down to the kids, perhaps. But that's. But my my, my 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 point overriding all this, and then you know, there's uh, is the fact that. Where is it entertaining? I mean, I'm watching that game and it's six, it's it's thirteen to two, and all I'm feeling is sorry for the for the German yeah. goaltender, and you know, I I don't see any sort of throttling back by Canada, and I understand why because with goal differential, that 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 could be the difference. You're you're, pun- you're punching your ticket basically. I mean, they're right. gonna, it's Canada going to be in the medal round likely anyway, but right. it's like then we can just sort of meander on the remain through the remaining games as long as we're maintaining a decent effort that's ridiculous you know like first of all it's not a sportsmanship way to handle things to do things right like we can't i mean the reality is if if this if if them not scoring 16 goals on the german team affects the canadian olympic team or whatever in you know in china that then that can then you know then the canadian olympic team the canadian olympic teams should be able to look back and say hey you should have scored 16 goals on germany you know i mean it's like to me this is like the same rules but it's absurd. It needs to be like these things have to be taken in in and, and of the. You would have to start a new governing body just for the junior ranks. You know how expensive that would be. Uh, no, you just you just have to say this is the junior. This is the junior IIHF, and this is the professional. No, IIHF. but they don't differentiate. Act. They they're need- not going to get. Well, they're not going to because once they have control over a situation, they're never going to let it go. Right. These are kids and these are adults. I mean, that's like, that's me. It's like to break it up. You need to have enough reason for the participants to change. Right. 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 That's probably not there yet, but it, 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 that's it. So you want to make another association that governs international junior hockey. You have to have buy-in from all the countries. So from hockey, right. Canada, from hockey, yeah. USA, hockey, Sweden, yeah, yeah, wherever yeah. they are, you got to have that buy-in. And yeah. until they say the IHF isn't doing what they need, um, that's that's where you you leave it. Like it's 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 dead in the water. And this yeah. is on the I, the double IHF. They need to find a way to do things differently to change this up. They didn't anticipate any. They they just felt they could get a pat on the back for getting a tournament off the ground. And you know 
and 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 you know, thank God that, yeah. that Alberta's blessed with the idiot Jason Kenny as a premier because no one else wanted to do it. And, <laughs> and there you go, right? Like, I think he's taking, taking names today. Here, here's um, here's what I here's what I think, Pete. I think they thought <laughs> they would have the same good success that the NHL did in the bubble. But it was a completely different situation because NHLers weren't flying in from other parts of the world at, on a and short. The way the NHLers run yeah. versus the way the I, I the way <laughs> the way those two those two organizations yeah. are run. And I and, mean, and, and, and what and what should have what should have been done is when Germany had their positive cases, they should have moved some of their games to later in the later in the opening round robin Correct. instead of instead of making them play back to back games against who was it? Finland and Canada in the first yeah. two games. I yeah, mean, it's it's true. completely and the re, the only reason I can think, and I don't know for a fact, the only reason I can think that they didn't do it is because of friggin' TV schedules. And if yeah, that's the reason, reason, yeah, if that's the reason, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. I mean, so, Canadians can't feel good watching their team do that. What does any sports station that has and the U.S. is no the U.S. is a Slovakia too? I'm not. I'm in the U.S. is Austria too, so I'm not just. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. You can adjust well, the TV schedule any way they wanted, right? Because they I don't mean, have any content. Yeah, and 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 by the way, I'm watching the TSN uh, uh, coverage on NHL Network, and what are they what are they doing in between the the say the twelve o'clock game and the and the six o'clock game? They're playing a replay of the twelve o'clock game, so yeah, you yeah. could have very easily moved it to three o'clock or moved it to another day in a, in between and did that instead of. So I mean, come on. Somebody in the chat room said that Steve Dangle said that Germany was offered to delay, and they said no. So if that's the case, then again, we can't okay. get all up in arms. I mean, and right. that's fine, and that's that's okay. But still, it doesn't it doesn't excuse but, what happened. Right. Germany was offered a delay. No, you say you need to delay this, and we're going to make adult accommodations so we make this some sort of meaningful match. Yeah. I agree with yeah, you. You know what? I think leadership. I agree with you. I think what this speaks to is hockey teams figure. We we're just going to power through this. We yeah, you know right. we can overcome this as a team effort. Like yeah. I get the mentality, but yeah, they yeah teams, teams will never do that. Yeah. Let no. me give you a little example of something that happened. It was either the Rugby World Cup in two thousand three or two thousand seven, and Canada had to play New Zealand. Canada's program has gone down the tube since the nineties. They just can't compete. The other top tier countries have gone way up. There's just not enough money and, and accessibility for, for rugby in North America for them to really rise up anymore. Canada conceded the game against the All Blacks. They conceded the game beforehand. And what they did was the coaches had an agreement to say, look, you play your other guys. We want to have a competitive match and use it as a tool to do something because you playing us in a random event happening where a guy gets injured or whatever temperatures because you're running the score up like 90 to six, someone's going to tempers are going to flare. Let's just de-escalate this, make it combat. And they did that. The same thing can happen. There's lots of ways to do it. The fact that no one approached this in a sensible way, other than letting some kids get humiliated is, mm -hmm. is really what hurts everyone. Right? Yeah. It's the kids. Yeah. That's, right. that's well, me, we, did see that. we did see that in, in the game with U.S. Austria because there was a dirty hit by Austria late in the yeah. game. That's out of frustration. Well, right. let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. The German kid. 
right, so I, I, I'm I'm just it's appalling. I mean, just really it really it really cut to my core. But I want to I want to move on because we do yeah. want to talk about this trade. But the big trade that happened obviously is what we have to discuss. Well, there there were, there were a couple of trades. They both involved Ottawa, so I I think we can cover. Well, let's both start with and... Tampa Ottawa because that is the big trade to me. Right. <laughs> that's that that's the one. And um, I want um because we haven't heard enough from Anthony. I want to hear Anthony's opinion on this one. Um, this is like, this is Tampa, this, I mean, this is, this is Tampa, obviously, you know, finally making their move. This is their move. This is their move yeah. they had to make. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about, about the players and all, and everything that happened here? I think it was the, honestly, if you're, if Tampa's trying to trade for cap space, I thought this was probably the, the, the parts that they could afford to shed. I like Cedric Paquette. I know there's a lot of, you know, debate about, you know, if you look at some of his uh some of his other advanced stats, uh that they, they aren't fantastic. Um some but I would say I think he's a useful I think he's definitely a useful player. Uh, mm-hmm. heart and soul type of player that I think can help the Senators going forward. So I think he's certainly a an I think a really good part I think for uh, Ottawa as they're trying, I think, to either have one of two things happen, either put in place like a, 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 an actual team that can compete for a post for, for a postseason spot, which I think we're all kind of up in the air on, but I, I yeah. still feel that it's better, especially after the Stepandio, or they have usable pieces that they can get, uh, that they can move off at the deadline at maximum value. Yeah. Coburn, again, Braden's towards the end of his career. Um, I think certainly from salary purposes, it makes sense. If he wants to play, we're going to need to see. The 2022 second-round pick allows them to recoup. I mean, they, they did trade the 2021 second-rounder to, to Arizona for Stepan. Right. So they do get a second-rounder back, but it's for the fo- I believe it's for the following year, yeah, yeah. 2022. Yeah. So, again, Tampa's most valuable thing here was to try to, to, to get themselves cap compliant before the season started. We knew there had to be some level, some kind of bloodshed on their part. Yeah. And, you know, that's the wound that they took. Yeah. And I think it's an acceptable one for them. Um, again, this is what's within the rules of, uh, of, of the, uh, yeah. of the cap rules and, you know, give, you know, Breezeball a lot of credit. And I believe Murray Pam also brought up a really good from, uh, from full press mentioned the fact that, Ottawa had kind of done a favor for Tampa to begin with already last season when they uh, took on Ryan Callahan's deal yeah, uh, right. and helped them out yeah. then. So it's a continuation of that relationship, I think, between Dorian and Breezebois where they've got some usable parts. So well, I, I like it from both teams' perspectives. But again, yeah. Tampa had to get themselves cap compliant. And I think they've right. got enough other players in the system to compensate for the loss of Paquette. But, I, you know, we'll I, see. Ironically, yeah. that the Callahan deal was to help Ottawa get to the cap floor, and this yeah. is to help Tampa get under the cap ceiling. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I, some Matt Kalman, who was our a colleague, uh, was saying, you know, that when the Leafs make a move like the Clarkson deal or, or the Nathan Horton deal, it's genius. And when Tampa, it's, it's circumvention of the camp and the cap, and they should be. I don't I, see. I, oh, I don't know any. I, the I, cap I, Leafs did it too. Trust me, I was saying that. I, I but I don't. I, I think <laughs> I think both of the moves are brilliant because it's within the rules of the salary cap. This is clearly, I mean, I wrote an article three months ago if the Leafs were going to go over the cap that trading for a Gabarik, especially with the fact that Eugene Melnick is cheap and doesn't want to pay Gabarik the, the money that he's you know going to make on LTIR, that, that this was a move that made a bunch of sense. And for Tampa, yeah. you know, you trade Colbert, you've got Shen, 
You've got Calfoot as a, as a defensive guy. You've got Cernak now re-signed and Sergachev re-signed. So defensively, you've, you're covered. And if, by moving out Paquette, you create space for, you know, a Taylor Radish, a Volkov, a Barboulet. I mean, they've, uh, they, have so many, uh, they have so many young prospects in terms of forwards and defense to move up that, you know, it's not going to hurt Tampa at all. And, and I, they, I, still, I, they still have to. They, I know there was still – they have to get. I believe there was at least one more deal that I, I think that was. Oh no, maybe not. I was thinking. I was thinking of something else. No, that that was actually the primary deal. No, yeah, but you know, here, but here's the thing. They, it's still not a guarantee that they're going to take their division. They're without Kucherov for the regular season. They're without Paquette, who still was a useful player for them, and maybe will teach some winning over with the Sens. They may bring up some of those other kids. But if Stamkos were to go down and all of a sudden they're without Stamkos right. and Kucherov, you don't know what's going to happen this regular season. So while it's brilliant to get under the cap, they're still right. missing one of their best players to do it. Yeah. 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 You you would rather have those guys in the lineup Correct. than not. And, and, and frankly, like, you know, people cry and foul on this again. It's like, it's like tax evasion. You can actively <laughs> evade, evade tax and try to hide it and break laws or you can do it you can use the laws at hand effectively right that, that's all it is and yeah. you know what everyone was everyone's gone through the cba with a fine tooth comb on both sides the nhl the board of governors everyone's done it the smart teams figured out where the holes were the dumb team sat back and just and I'd add, Pete, to the fact that I think this a lot of this also stems from the lack, you know, the state, the 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 yeah. financial yeah. situation, and I think a lot of other teams up in you know elsewhere in Canada or elsewhere, you know, really kind of you know it, it's a uh, it's an axe for them to grind, and that and it's mm -hmm. been and it's and that's been communicated, I think, through a lot of the media members. For example, again, Gord Miller almost to me is like there has to be some way, yeah, yeah. From, there has to be some way to to deal with this. This is a you know with to to close this loophole. Yeah. You know, this is an advantage that Tampa has leveraged. Right. Sorry, Gord. Back to the Constitutional sorry. Convention to fix that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, sorry, Gord. It's not going to be closed for six years because it's part of the CBA. And then, and if you look at the Ottawa situation, I mean, Pierre Dorian, I'm not saying he's a genius, but I think these moves make a lot of sense in the sense that he's going to get a second round pick for step on at the deadline when he yep. flips him because he's a rental center. He's a veteran guy, a team like the Rangers or a team like the Islanders, you know, might be willing to pay a second round pick to, or, to, to get, or the senators. They put, they now have a strong spine down the middle. Yeah. Right. Right. And maybe in this wild wacky year, that's probably ahead of us right now. Yeah. They surprise some people. These, they, those guys end up being key elements to a, a surprise playoff run. They it's don't right. lose. Anyway, they look at they don't lose. Let's tell me about the Anthony. I thought about this day. Like someone asked me, do you think the Senators can make the playoffs? I'm like, I don't think the Senators can make the playoffs. Probably no. not. No, but, but I said, what the Senators can do is they can be the team that stops other teams from making the playoffs in that division. Sure. Like, like whoever doesn't do well against the Senators mm -hmm. is in trouble. Like that kind right. of you have, to, you have to make sure you have to beat the senators yeah i mean going to be beating up on the senators i mean with matt matt murray and goal and you've got some young defense it's not a tough it's, 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 a not team. it's a competitive team it's a as i'm concerned they are they're competitive i don't know if they're playoff i think they may be yeah. they're probably like you well, know here's, here's, six not division maybe at yeah. best yeah. here's one way they might be able to get better now that they have stepan who could play center they could put stutzel on the wing they could put him on stepan's line if they want and he could learn right. from him if they want to convert him to center at some point yeah yeah 
Uh, now, we have two more things we got to touch base on fast because I do go at one thirty pretty much. I'm at one thirty five exactly. Almost sorry, guys. No problem. I want to touch. I want to touch base on the um, on the Hoffman thing mm -hmm. um, yeah. this this is um, this is an interesting one. Okay, so the now uh, we we went back and forth on chat chat today a little bit. Some of mm -hmm. us did, and um, I'm not buying it completely now. Now this is and I know and, and I Rutherford. I you know he's a great guy. Rutherford's a great great reporter and everything like that. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that I'm not saying that everything he's saying is not true. Like as far as there's already a deal in place or whatever for mm -hmm. 3.75, 4.7. I'm not saying that isn't true. The fact of the matter is, this is a window that's opened up for Hoffman right now. Also, and I've heard other teams that teams I've talked to teams this morning who say they're not done talking to Hoffman. So yeah. that reality is that until that until this was figured out exactly, you know, right. this is not this is this is not a done thing. Hoffman is no, using this PTO as a negotiating tactic. That's he 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 could, but he very well could. But I'm assuming that, and again, since he doesn't have a contract. And this is this could be some sort of gentleman's agreement to, between his representative and the Blues, saying, "Okay, this is the agreement we have. You come into training camp, you get you you get skating around, you get your blood flowing." Um, but you know what we're going to be doing, and the, other people have talked about this as well. With Tarasenko going in LTIR, with Steen going yeah, yeah. in LTIR, with Vince Dunn as an RFA, what they would wait be waiting for is basically to to the beginning of the season when they're over the cap by a certain amount of money and they put the players on LTIR, then they announce the contract of Hoffman. They announce the signing of Dunn and everything is honky dory. That's but here's, that, what I, that, here's what I think you're missing in that thing. You, everything you said is right, mm -hmm. except for you have to include comma, but if someone else comes in with a bigger deal for Hoffman, he's gone. Sure. And that, right. that to me, that, that's what, that's, that's the one thing that the people question is at this point, if you, yeah. if you're that convinced in Hoffman, why haven't you already made the offer already? Well, because everybody right now, like, I mean, there's a lot of players. Exactly. You're, right. you're right about that. And I don't know. Like, no one is 100% on Hoffman. There's so no what is the, the number that was quoted was anywhere, the, the contract, this is from Rutherford, right, between uh, Jeremy yeah. Rutherford from the Athletics, so it was anywhere yeah. between three and a half and four and a half, which I find fascinating that that's yeah. what gets leaked out. There's a $1 million gap there. Right. So anybody else wants to jump in on the high end of that contract? Right. Right. Like an agent. You know, I don't know who Rutherford got it from, but this is an agent league. And also that oh, agent totally. is still talking to other teams. So if yeah. he made a deal saying, you know, yeah. this is a gentleman's agreement. No, it would have been an, no it would have been an exact number. They would have had an idea that number would have been far <laughs> more narrow. Yeah, and anywhere yeah. between three and a half and four and a half so million. That, that's I agree, Anthony, and you're bang on. And here's here there are reasons why Mike Hoffman is taking a PTO to get this done. Right. We yeah. may not know what they are. I think there's a lot of um, suspicion as to what they yeah. could be, and you know the people who are dealing with these problems, they're they're the ones who probably are weighing the validity of reasons. I think the deal is pretty clear. I think I think what I've heard, Peter, is that you know the, he has one team that he wants to sign a multi-year deal with that wants to sign him. I believe that team to be Vancouver. Vancouver yeah. has not been able to figure out how to get rid of Erickson. So yeah. then that's not so that that issue is is kind of dead in the water right now. He's got yeah. two other two other teams that are willing to go three-year deals with him. Um, that but haven't but haven't but have been like driving them crazy. At one point, at one point, I reported on here because I talked to a team that that Hoffman representatives have called and said, "Hey, we're going with so and so." So I, there was it was done like so he 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 told one team that it's then we're not talking anymore that was weeks ago so the the fact is 
there are teams that the, 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 the Hoffman group got really frustrated with everybody that's out there because of the situation and everybody out there is like, I don't know what we can do, what we can do, what we can do, you know, everybody out there doesn't know which way to go. He's not a slam dunk, but he's numbers. His numbers are way too high for a PTO. I mean, his, 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 his per, per production is way too well, high. No, we, we get that. I mean, right. I, I agree with that. He's way higher than a PTO. Right. But I also think we have to remember how good a verbal agreement is in this world. You know, Bill Belichick gave a verbal agreement to be the coach, head coach of the New York Jets, and that lasted like a half hour. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think a verbal agreement can be what Mike said. But that verbal agreement also includes, but we're going to keep, we're still going to keep talking to people and we're right. still going to sign them elsewhere. So to me, the verbal well, agreement is what it is. It's like, okay. Well, but is I, someone I, going to pay him I, five million bucks? In this, right. In this well, economy, they may not. I mean, this is, this, right. this is the situation. Wait a second. This is a, the situation a few years ago when, when Mason Raymond was uh, signed a PTO with the Leafs. Dave Nonis was his general manager in Vancouver. There was a relationship there. He signed a PTO. Everybody knew who covered the Leafs that that the PTO was basically he's got a contract. They just want to see him skate around a couple times and see if he's okay. Mm -hmm. he, he came in, he played great. A couple days in, they signed him to a contract. I would seriously, I mean, that's Peter's very right. Nobody, if somebody was if somebody was going to offer him six million dollars instead of three five, three point five to four point five, they would have done it already. So I think this is like six million dollars. Who wants to take the risk? Right. This the parameters of risk have now changed because of the way the cap is yeah, moving sure. not moving. Even right. on a one-year deal, we're looking at risk totally differently right now. The, this and, this is all about years and not money. Yeah. Okay. So, this is about this is about Hoffman really wanting more than one year. And no, no, he may want more than one year, but they he may not find a partner. And so the what, what Pete is saying is yeah. if someone signs him for six. They may not be able to make a move at the deadline now because they won't have any free money yeah. and you know what? to free it up. Everyone's looking at Jim Benning and going, I don't want a Louis Erickson on my roster. Right. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. and, and a good GM, a good assistant GM in your organization has guys in the GM's ear saying, if this doesn't work out, what's your route out of it? And right. he will map it for you. And they're yeah. looking at Benning, who has exactly. no roots out of anything he's done. Right. He's always here. Alan in, the, Alan in the chat said this. Why would Armstrong make this move without certainty? This is a championship caliber team. He's not going to screw around with his team, basically, he's saying. Um, Armstrong, just, there's no risk. nothing to lose here. <laughs> Armstrong made a no-risk trade. They made a no-risk deal there. There's nothing. I mean, he brings him in. If, if for some... I, I, now I am one who doesn't even think that he's going to report to the Blues camp. Like I don't even think. I think this. I think this whole thing is completely and utterly um, in the in, in the ether to try to get other teams to step up finally. But if he if none if no one steps up, then yeah, he shows he shows up at the camp. I think he's going to have to show up at the camp. The question I'm going to have then is the, the question I'm going to have is then what is the benefit for St. Louis? Is there another now? Yeah. If, if we're going to discuss agent, if we're going to discuss an agent now. Right. There has to be something out of no, it. Right, if right, they, right, if they right. have the risk of losing Hoffman, right. who is another potential player that yeah, they to represent who they may want later? There's another benefit to this. Remember when the Flyers brought in Brian Berard for a uh, trial? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I was at the Spectrum. There was a weird game. They had a, a preseason game at the Spectrum when Brian Berard was pulled in the, after the second period because someone else signed him in the middle of the game. Well, yeah, they <laughs> had a PTO for the Flyers. And the Islanders, I think, I forget who it was, pulled him, they, 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 they signed a deal with him, so they pulled him out of the game. The, the benefit for Armstrong and and one it creates creates competition in your in your camp. If you bring in Hoffman, it scares the hell out of people. And even if even if you don't think you know that you're going to keep him, 
it's like it's like that guy that you know they brought onto Team USA at the end of, in the middle of in the Miracle movie we all watch, you know, like whatever. Well, that they bring in that they bring in a guy, you know, when the camp, when the team feels like because that's a tight that's a tight knit group yeah. of players in there. At, I, um, I want to say it was two years ago, maybe three. The Flyers had a kid in preseason. He scored a goal and then he was traded during the game to the Wild. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They were out, they signed him. They didn't have well, to trade. Yeah. him. he's not a PTO. You just they can sign him. They can negotiate yeah. the deal. And they were watching. We, I remember Brust. We, we and I were sitting next to each other in that. Yeah. We like, we're sitting there. Like, Where'd he go? It wasn't a kid. It was actually. It was a. It was. A, I thought it was a young player, but yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Who. Didn't Billy Garen have the situation happen with the Flyers? No, Garen. Garen was with them, and they just he didn't make the squad. He Brent, retired. Brendan. Yeah. Brendan Shanahan back in the day. Um, no, Hoffman's Hoffman's agent is Robert Hooper, who's a member of Octagon, which, by the way, is Alan Walsh's uh, uh, group. Uh, it's all that group also represents Tarasenko. So maybe there's a connection there, since Tarasenko is represented by the same group, and Tarasenko is going to go well, on. They already have the contract See, that was my thing. Yeah, they already, I mean, to me, to me, this is about creating competition. For this, this to me, this is Armstrong saying we have a tight knit group of players in here. Um, I want them to feel like they're in Steen's with Steen gone. That's one less forward that people are competing with for a job. So mm-hmm. you bring in, you bring in Hoffman and now you got, now you, now you got something because, because, you know, t- coaches hate, hate, you know, people feeling comfortable, you know, it's mm-hmm. just the worst, it's the worst possible thing. So to me, this is about that. So that's why I think it's a brilliant move. I do not think he will be a St. Louis yeah. blue. He might be a St. Louis blue. This could, and he, this could turn out to be that. But um, I, I still think that there's teams that are willing to go. Even I think there's teams that are willing to go five million for one year. I think there's teams that will go four million for three years. Four million per for three years. Right. I think that this is going to change. Oh, but I don't think he's going to three years. No way. I think I think he's going to be a St. Louis Blue. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll wait. Let me one. The other move that was just good. Let me jump Sorry, on this for a second. Say the other move that was made. Okay. I know we have a delay here. So let me just jump on this for a second because we have Peter here. Patrick Line, I want to discuss with you. Because, <laughs> uh, here we go. I've been watching the show. Wait, 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 wait. Can, can I just let, let me just let me just announce because it's what I have to spend a lot of time on it. We have finished, we'll finish with Line, okay. but the Corey Perry signing, the Corey Perry yeah. signing with Montreal. I, I yes. think that was a really good move by the Habs because 750k for a guy who played great in the playoffs last year. You just add to that veteran core group. Um, somebody was making the comparison. Would you rather have Wayne Simmons at 1.5 or Perry at 750? I'd rather have Perry at 750, but I don't think Wayne Simmons at 1.5 is a bad signing either. So it's Ooh, you might know, find We'll see on that front. We'll see. Right. Yeah, but I think, I think right. Perry gives Perry gives you someone to hate besides Gallagher on this team, which is really which is really important for Montreal yeah. because Montreal doesn't have enough guys that you can hate. Like Montreal is not that kind of a team. Like Shea Weber is a, sure a great defenseman, but he's not like he's not a hated defenseman. Yeah. Like you know, he's not like some. He's not like a. He's not a, you know. He's not a Chris Pronger. He's just yep. you know. And and then they don't have, they don't have other guys on that team. I mean you know, Cooking Yami. Yeah. He he's not a he's not a. Cooking a gritty a gritty player. Though. I like. They also got rid of Max Domi, so it's yeah. like you know Domi Domi is definitely more abrasive than, an abrasive type yeah. than Anderson, who they picked yeah. up. Anderson's more of like a like a Chris Gratton type player. Forward, yeah. Yeah, and Peter, think, is it, <laughs> isn't Ben Sherratt really lovable? No, sure. but Corey, you remember remember when uh, Perry nailed Sherratt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, guys. Hi yeah, there. So, I, think I remember nice. you. Yeah. They are going to freaking love Corey Perry. Welcome, teammate. Here's the thing about Perry. You brought up Simmons in the one point five. I don't think either's a you win with one, lose with the other. They bring a different things. Perry is a proactive grit kind of player now 
He, he's going to be proactively looking to make life miserable for you. Where Simmons is more of a reactive, trying to find a niche for his game. Perry's just yeah. going to do what he's done and, and make yeah. life miserable and be Corey Perry. Wayne's still holding on to some other aspects of his game that I think yeah. he wants to keep. Perry's just going out there. For 750000 this is all I have to do. Let's go. And that's the difference between. It's not a bad move. I just think it's a slightly better move than bringing in a Simmons. That's all. I, I think okay. Perry's perfect. So Go ahead, Lenny. Perry's, Perry's perfect for them in every which way. And and, and Montreal fans are going to freaking love him. Like, this is the kind of – Montreal fans fall in love with these kind of players. This will be, like – this will be a love affair. Like, he will – if he if – he, he can – he'll never play on another team. Like, that's where he – if he ends up – if he ends up this year going well, he'll play there a couple more years. Um, okay, so here we go. Um, Patrick Line, um, in the five minutes I have left. The um, – the uh, – Peter – what the hell is going on? Like I, I'm hearing all kinds of crazy things, and I'm hearing like that he is that he's going to be moved before the season starts. Still, I'm hearing it. Still, like I talked to somebody yesterday who said it's going to be moved before the season starts. No one else is reporting this. I'm feeling like an idiot for feeling this way, but I keep hearing from people that I trust, and I trust you. I, I, I it's really been super, super quiet in Winnipeg on all kind okay. of hockey news. It's been really low key. There is not a lot of um, information out there. The, the only thing that's bubbling up right now around Line A is certain, you know, different people in the hockey sphere of community, blogging, podcasting, whatever here, are starting to say, look at Line A's stats and look at his 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 underlying metrics, and it's just the guy you pay $10 million to. Right. We had this discussion before, just before Christmas. I jumped on with the guys, Zach. And, and the, the point I always come back to is you get a couple shots at getting a player like Liney. Yep. If you're lucky as a GM in your career. Yeah. You can go and get any coach you want, depending on how much you're willing to pay for it. Why do you bet on the coach when it's so hard to come through? And that's where the friction lies. So what do you do? The either I mean, everything that I said last week. Yeah, find out what's going to happen and what we're going to do, and then are you taking the risk of catering to the player too much, or do you, is that the balance point that you find that the coach recognizes is um, is I've got to balance some things? And I said to the guys last week, I don't know if Paul Maurice has another reinvention in him as a, as a current coach. He's got to get fired rethink the game a little bit i think he's capable of it he talks a great game does he believe in what he says that's what i think where the disconnect is coming and there's a lot of people who are turning on maurice and the jets love affair and loyalty to them which is the mark chipman way slow process loyal don't rock the boat yeah. keep everything stable you know mark chipman wants to be i can't remember the name of the family that owns the pittsburgh um uh Steelers. He want, yeah he wants to be them Unfortunately, the coaches he's had are not the same. It's, no, no. It's the it kind of helps. The Steelers help, right? Like, and, and that's it. But I always come back to you. You get a few shots if you're lucky as a GM. Yeah. And a player that caliber. Yeah. What do you do with it? And you guys, I think it was Anthony and Russ who both brought up the, the longevity of Ovechkin and when you know he, he changed and what changed and what they had to do yep. to get there. Shouldn't that be? He's not. Liney's not Ovechkin, but right. the mold is similar. Yep, very. So why don't you learn from that? Yeah, 
I agree. I mean, Maurice is a tough one because, like, he, I talked to a player on the Jets, like, um, right after Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, and he was like, you know, because he heard the show, I said something bad about Maurice or whatever, and he said, you know, Maurice is a, is a really smart guy. He said, don't get yourself wrong. Maurice is a really smart coach. He said, but he does like the media more than he likes us. <laughs> like, And I was like, that was an yeah. interesting thing coming from a coach, you know, like coming from a player about his coach, you know, it's just, yeah. like, and, and that that's true. And that, it's not the first person to say that, that like, you know, Maurice comes off better to us than he does to the players. Like that is a, that's the reality. He has his own way of doing things. And he really, I think line A's problem, when people say he wants out of Winnipeg, he wants out of Maurice. I don't think he wants yeah, out. Of I think he wants out of what's going on there, and that's well. Fine. But guess what? He can't get out of that, so he has to adjust. He does he's have right. to adjust. But he has he's also a star. He's also a star. Russ. We live in a star driven world. Whole teams adjusted. They brought back um, what's his face, Hendricks. Yes, yeah, Hendricks came in and publicly came out telling people what happened in a year. Yeah, something is not right in there. Yeah, I agree. And, I, I agree with that. And in the whole that year, we had the whole thing with the coaching, the issues. You know, Mark Crawford coming out and the accusations, yeah. and his stuff. And Maurice told a story about how Blake Wheeler grabbed him again after a practice or whatever, and said, um, "You know, Maurice is talking. He didn't name the player. He goes, I had ten reasons to be go up one side of the guy and down the other, and I was getting mad and blah blah blah. And Wheeler grabbed me, and he said, Hey, just be nice to the guy.'" <laughs> Nice, and that's coming from arguably the one of the prickliest guys in the room. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that is, that's bizarre. I mean, that that that's, that shows you that's a really interesting um, insight into what's going on in there. Because yeah, that feels, that feels again, right. feels right. has the salary, but he has not earned the right to like disregard a coach right. either. No, no, pedigree has not gone away. We about him. Pedigree still there. You haven't earned the right to disregard a coach. No, no, and but 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 okay. See, yeah. this, this is the this is the issue, and I and I've I, like I said, I've compared how Line is in his role with Winnipeg to what Kessel was when he Kessel came to Toronto. And if you remember, Babcock gets signed the summer, I think it was 2015, and the first thing that they did before he, they even went to training camp was trade Kessel to Pittsburgh. Why? Because they didn't want to deal with his bullcrap. And and his entitlement and him because they, that that was that was what was going on with uh, with with other coaches like well, like Wilson and Carlisle they weren't going to deal with that with Phil Kessel so I mean I'm sorry it's like is Line a great young player yes he's a scorer he, but he, at this point he does not have the gravitas to have an organization fire a coach because he doesn't like them go someplace else I do have to know but I have to say this real thing will be speaking the truth about the underlying issues with the coach. Or he's sure. his agent and saying that. Yeah. And there's enough evidence out there to say something's not working right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's, that there's, there's a difference between Kessel and Line. A. I really have to go. I'm sorry, guys. I have this dialogue. Right. But um, the um, the reality is this. Like, Line A and Kessel, Line A is, is, the, is the Winnipeg Jets. Okay? Like, they, like Line A is a, is, a, is a keystone, cornerstone of that team like he is they they built around him they put this thing together for him he is there he is the winnipeg jets where kessel at that point was you know he was a player that the leafs traded away a lot of players for and stuff like that to get him but they were i think was, it's the, was, I, I think it's i think it's the exact opposite act kessel was the leafs because they had nobody yeah, other than at Deanna that enough. time i would agree with and if you're going to tell me until who the cornerstones of the winnipeg jets are they're 
Shifley, Wheeler, that's and Hollabuck before it's Line A. In that room, and that's not how it's treated around that organization, right, Peter? Yeah. I mean, I think it's treated – Line A is still the guy. Like, he might not be putting up the numbers and might not be from afar. Well, here's, here's the argument that was happening in Winnipeg for a long time. I know someone who um, was – connected to Nick Ehlers, who Nick Ehlers was about to buy a house and, he, and this guy's basically a realtor. And he said, I blew me off. He goes, cause he kept hearing he was going to get traded. Yeah. This is the mindset that's going around here. So if you think of the wingers and who can get the puck, like it's a wonderful position to be in, but now you're going to have, yep. you have right now you have three, six plus million wingers and they can't right. all play together. Right. So yeah. Is someone expendable? And if you're looking at Liney, Connor, and Ehlers, who's who are you taking? Who are you who are you getting out? Who are you get taking out of the team? And what are you getting back? In what return? are you getting back? And who's the match for that? Mm-hmm. That's the chess game. And the easy one for for a, a team like Winnipeg and everyone to speculate on is Liney because you know he's going to be. Cro- approaching nine million up in salary because of the way the market is it's hard to sign again and that probably gotta go, guys sorry gotta go great seeing you guys i'm sorry i'll let you guys continue and finish the show off thank you everybody for watching i'll okay. be back again tomorrow thanks so See much guys. Right. We'll, See yeah we'll, we'll we'll finish it off yeah, so so I'll, so I'll yeah peter that. i mean th- th- this okay. go ahead bro okay the only thing i was going to say is i i do think that Shifley and Hellebuck are the guys they've built around. Wheeler's obviously the captain. I think Line A is still an important part, but yeah. I also think that, yeah, he's not yeah. Ovechkin. They wouldn't yeah. be looking to move him. If he was, as Eck described him as being, they wouldn't even be considered right. moving Correct. him. You can, I can't use right. a phrase like he's he is the Winnipeg Jets. No, that right. might have been a couple right. seasons ago, but mm-hmm. things have changed since then. Yeah. Shifley right. and Hellebuck, I look at those guys as the Winnipeg Jets – Right. More than I do Line A in this circumstance, yeah. who has kind of become, in my yeah. mind, he may be, you know, he, he has t- skills and talents that are top tier, but there's other elements there that in that right. room, and Pete, it, you can speak this better than I can, that seems that, that, well, that, that P- they Peter, wouldn't be considering this. Let me, let me just ask you this, Peter, because what I think is behind all this is asset management. It's the fact that you got Line A coming up on RFA. You uh, after this year, you have Connor locked up long term. You have Ehlers locked up long term. You have Shifley and uh, Wheeler locked up long term, and Hollebuck as well. He's the only one who's not locked up, and because it's out there, there is no lever shoveled. They have to be able to get equal value for Line A in a trade. So they're really behind a, but there's between a rock and a hard place. That's what their problem well, is. The, the worst thing that happened for Patrick Line is this flat salary cap in COVID. Yeah. Right? That's the yes. worst thing. And anyone in his shoes who's an RFA after the season, mm-hmm. that's the worst thing that happened to him. And I think the Jets will be able to squeeze out the dollars necessary should they keep him long term. The, the point that comes into this is if you decide to keep him, what kind of team are you going – are you going to build a team around the strengths of your players or are you going to work – to round out the weaknesses and and expose them. I'd rather build out the strengths of the players, build upon those and shore up and and shore up the weaknesses through tactics and other players, as opposed to try and change players from what they are. That's me. That's how I look at things. I don't think when you land a, when you land a unicorn of a Patrice Bergeron or whoever, who's great in both ends of the ice, you'll love it. Right. 
you know, when, when you get, you know, whatever they're a defensive player or an offensive player, right. You love it, but you can't turn apples into oranges every time you see a weakness in a player's game, you can show. No, 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 that's true. But Pete, if but he was scoring more goals, trying to do, if he was trying to do. Okay. But if he were scoring more goals, they wouldn't be trying to do that. It's the fact he's that not, he's not he's scoring. Already to say why he isn't scoring more goals too. And that's on Maurice as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could say it's partially on Maurice, but yeah. he should be putting up more power play goals, no matter how you they slice it. Power on Maurice. They changed the power play from what was working. I know, but still, I'm just, he's still, but he's still, if he's got that, you could change the power play on Ovechkin. He's still going to find a way to score. So does Line A. He has to find yeah. a way to score. He does. Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay, great show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for uh, The Departed Eklund, for Anthony Mangione, for Pete Tessier, and for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and remember, with Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.